Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Flying solo today. Jeremy is busy and for whatever reason there's a problem connecting the app with uh, Anthony Iani. We tried like five times. We couldn't get it to go. Apparently the app's about as efficient as Hunter Dickinson getting dragged out on a pick and roll. Um... Yeah, and that's ultimately what the story was on Saturday as Michigan State, um, up by four right before the break against Michigan, pulls away in the second half and played the basketball that makes people think, hey, you know what, this is a legitimate team. Um, They got to bring that energy every night, though. You know, you can't just sit there and be on and off again, and that's part of this team's problem, uh, given the lack of cohesiveness, you know, Tyson Walker, new point guard, Max Christie, a huge role, obviously, and we saw that on Saturday as he kept Michigan State's head above water until Hauser Hall and Brown took over, and Hogard, of course, took over in the second half. Brown and Hogard also did a little bit of work in the first half, and then Marcus Bingham did a good job on Hunter Dickinson, and I know exactly what you're going to say. Oh, but, uh, Dickinson had 25 points. Oh, congratulations. Shot 8 and 19 from the field. Took one shot outside of four feet. That's not efficient. Then got a bunch of uh, stuff at the free throw line. Some of them, look, I'm not going to lie. There's a couple gimmies in there. Bowling over Hauser, not getting it called. Uh, You know, throwing his elbow into Bingham, not getting that called. Yeah, there's a couple gimmies in there too. And then he got dragged out on pick and roll. My only regret is Michigan State didn't keep pushing him like that. You know, they when they did drag him out on the pick and roll, sometimes they would just pull it out and uh, try to post up a center um, who dove and there was a switch, but it was like the Abate, who, by the way, he was absolutely fantastic on Saturday. Um, doesn't know when to shut up, but I mean. You're down 15, as Max Christie said. I mean, nice block. Just get back and, you know, help your teams put a couple points on the board because they haven't done that the entire second half. Um, look, uh, Dickinson struggled against Bingham. You can say what you want. Oh, well, he had 25 points. You can be like Juan Howard, just read a stat sheet, but then you can sit there and you can look at his misses underneath the hoop. You can look at... Uh, you can look at the times, like, he actually had to fight Joey Hauser. I thought that would be a mismatch, and that was something that we talked about on our preview show, is that Hauser wouldn't be able to hang with him on the other side. Dickinson wouldn't be able to hang with Hauser. And I think both of those, to an extent, ended up uh, being proven as true. Um, Dickinson definitely couldn't hang with Hauser. Hauser did... Better than I expected, though, on Dickinson. And so, you know, credit to him. He played a really good game. He He's going to be the uh, key cog for Michigan State to keep playing like that. Because um, you know what you're going to get out of Hall. Brown is apparently hit and miss. But I'll take away the Illinois game. Max Christie's been coming along. And he's been on absolute fire as of late. Uh, Izzo said he's not going to give an inch to Hogarth until he knows Hogarth can do what he just did. 
uh, game to game. And defensively, I think he's played pretty well over the last couple games. Offensively, you know, like Tom said, he is up and down. And he was up and he played absolutely great ball. Uh, Tyson Walker had his moments. Gabe Brown, you know, I kind of forgot he was on Michigan State's team until about the 13-minute mark on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, well, Michigan State showed what they're capable of. And when they play like that, they are very capable of doing a lot of things. And so it's going to be interesting to see, is this like a turning point for Michigan State? Is this what you're going to get from Michigan State from now on? Because if it is, it's a good thing to have. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, defensively, they played well. Um, offensively, they played well. Uh, they didn't double Dickinson. They let Dickinson try to get his. And like I said, he only shot 8 and 19. And a lot of his shots were like 3 feet from the hoop. So, you know, credit to Marcus Bingham. Credit to Julius Marble, who had a pretty good game. Sissoko got beat a few times by Dickinson. And that's the thing. That 8 of 19, uh, he went like 3 of 5 throughout the last 7 minutes of the game as well. So uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I'm terrible at math. Like 5 of 16, something like that. Or uh, 5 of 14 or whatever until... uh. Until Hauser and Sissoko were on him and Bingham picked up his fourth foul. So, look, Michigan State's bigs outplayed Dickinson. I don't care about the total score. Bingham had four blocks and two steals. Like, he was a lot more efficient from the field. Marble, I might have missed one shot, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, Sissoko's not going to give you any offense, so that is what it is there. Michigan State's bigs were more efficient, and I mean, Hall and Hauser were dominant as the fours. Uh, like I said, Diabate played great, but I think the combination of the two, especially Hauser, who uh, hit like the separating points, the comforting points, if you will, um, between Hall and Hauser, they outplayed him because they were consistent throughout the game. Hall gave you gave it in the first half and then a little bit in the second half, and then Hauser took it over. So they 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 were more consistent than Diabate, who disappeared in the second half. Uh, like I said, the bigs outplayed Dickinson. The wings, it wasn't going to be close. We knew that going in. The point guard play wasn't going to be close. We knew that going in. And then, obviously, you factor in the bench with what I was saying. Obviously, like I said, uh, Hogard played great. Uh, we knew that any sort of combination between him and Walker was going to outplay Graham. Um, we knew Brown and Christie were going to outplay. Uh, we knew that they were going to outplay Caleb Houston and Eli Brooks. You know, we we knew Hall and Hauser were going to outplay Diabate. And Johns, and even if it wasn't Hauser, you know, you thought Hall would. I don't think Hall did, but when you factor in the, you know, the spurt from Hauser, then, yeah, they outplayed him. And then, like I said, the centers were more efficient. Michigan State's just a better team right now. And you can say what you want about how 
off I sounded with it. I still thought Michigan State was going to win this game. Uh, but in regard to how I was a little concerned that, um, you know what, Michigan's hot right now. They're going to keep going. Um, Michigan State's been a little bit on the cool side. But, you know, maybe the game like this is the turnaround. Maybe that's what it is. So, look, that was an impressive game. Michigan State's got Maryland up next. I don't even know who Michigan has. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't do my homework. Um, I have the day off today, so I can do whatever. So I'm taking it easy. Um, but yeah, Michigan State's got Maryland next, and that's going to be a tough game. Maryland is really, really good on the wings, especially defensively. They have a new coach in Danny Manning, um, which cannot believe Turgeon was let go like that. Um, but especially that early in the season, like this was supposed to be a good Maryland team. Uh, they have a lot of good defensive wings coming back, and I think that that is going to cause a problem for Michigan State, and I don't like the matchup at all. Uh, I think Michigan State's a better team than Maryland. I just don't like the matchup. Uh, speaking of matchups, a new game announced in the Michigan and Michigan State schedule coming on March first and let me just say i think it's absolute bullcrap that michigan state has to go and they have to pin michigan in between purdue and ohio state all right i know normally i don't have a problem with that but you're getting into march you're getting into the stretch run you're trying to get ready for the tournament um that that's our situation and i'm not thrilled you know, you can say what you want. Oh, well, Tom Izzo said that you'll play anyone anytime. You want to get all your games. Yeah, that's great. Do it on Michigan State's schedule. Michigan shouldn't have any say in what happened just because Hunter Dickinson can't wash his hands after taking a deuce. That's ultimately what it is. Like, I mean, he got COVID and, oh, he's the one who tipped it over. Yeah, of course, because you saw how useless Michigan would be without him. You know, like I said, he was... Very inefficient and looked like absolute garbage all over the court on a Saturday. But he commands a lot of attention and it opened up, you know, there were a couple threes opened up. Uh, I think two, Michigan couldn't really buy many of them, but they did get a couple open looks uh, because of the attention that he was drawing. And that, like I said, that's been Michigan's problem all year. You know, you don't have the shooters that you used to have. And so now you're trying to worry about, so now it makes it easier to worry about Dickinson. And look, ultimately Michigan State went one-on-one most of the time, and I think they were very successful in that matchup. Uh, But you saw how much attention he commanded because of the second chance opportunities that Michigan got, especially from Diabate, who would come in um, because Hall or Hauser is looking at number one. He com- he commanded a lot of attention. They didn't act on it, but he commanded enough to where Michigan was able to get those offensive rebounds. And so, I mean, that that's ultimately a recap of the game. Is Michigan State did good against the one piece that Michigan has. That right now is worth anything. Houston's going to be good. Diabate's going to be great. Um, other than that, there, there's nothing else on this team. And that's a huge problem for Michigan moving forward. 
as uh, we get closer to March. But look, Michigan State's got four games in nine days, and File was texting me, even though he's too busy to jump on, and he was talking about how, uh, well, you're either tough or you're not, and Izzo wants all the games never that he can fit in, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do it on Michigan State's schedule then. It's not their fault. Michigan has to play back-to-backs, so you can space out Michigan State's games a little bit? Fine. I don't want this game in March. This game, especially going to Chrysler Center, is going to command a lot of energy from Michigan State. And I don't think it's fair that we have to sit there and see what works for both schools. Mm, Michigan's the one who couldn't do it. That's on them. If they got to play back-to-backs, screw them. That's how it should be. They couldn't keep it under control. Michigan State had two people get COVID one earlier in the year. Uh, Christy and Bingham. And Bingham was still kind of dragging from it uh, for a few days. Um, well, for a couple weeks it looked like uh, afterwards, but a few games. And so they were able to keep it under control. Michigan, one player got it. They didn't isolate. That's their problem. If Michigan has to play Rutgers one night and Michigan State the next, so be it. If Michigan has to play Purdue one night and Michigan State the next, so be it. West Lafayette to Chrysler Center, let's do this. It should fit in wherever Michigan State's got the most room to squeeze in the game. And now Michigan State's got four games in nine days against Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan. And I don't know who the fourth team is. As you're getting ready for the tournament with a young team. You say what you want. Oh, this is already Tyler making you know these pre-made excuses, whatever. Screw you. Why why should Michigan State have to accommodate Michigan? Why? There's zero reason for it. They could have played with six. They didn't have to. Due to the rules in the Big Ten. They could have played with six if they wanted to. All their coaches were healthy. And I have a hard time believing that Michigan was under that total anyways because they went out there against Rutgers. Two nights before that. They went out against Rutgers two nights before that. And got ran. That's their problem. And speaking of Rutgers, you know, after that Rutgers game, uh, you know, there there was a little bit of a confrontation there uh, in the handshake line at the end of the game. And then, you know, uh, had a little moment on Saturday, Sadie Washington uh, dropping an elbow on Gabe Brown as, you know, Brown's trying to go to the huddle and stuff like that. And look, admittedly, Gabe Brown should not have... Uh, Probably been walking right through Mich- where Michigan's going to end up huddling up. At the same time, you're a coach. Be a man. Don't sit there and try to get a kid in trouble during the course of a game. That's freaking pathetic. You are a grown man acting like a spoiled douchebag just because your team's getting your butt handed to you. You got a problem with whatever Gabe Brown was doing? Fine. Say it after the game to him. Say it in the handshake line. 
Michigan has no problem with that. Juwan Howard will fight anybody in handshake line. Don't sit there and drop a shoulder on a kid during the course of a game. Sadie Washington's a poor excuse for a human being, as is Juwan Howard. And look, I have no problem saying that. Juwan Howard can't give Marcus Bingham credit. How many points do you have? 25? Oh, okay. Well, uh, they played okay in the second half defensively. Shut up. Marcus Bingham owned Hunter Dickinson. I don't care about the numbers. Numbers lie. Numbers fit context. 8 and 9 fits context. If someone go or someone go 8 and 19, someone goes 8 and 19 or whatever and they're chucking threes, you know what? That's a pretty good day. Someone goes 8 and 19 and they're all from two feet out. You suck. Credit Marcus Bingham. Because Hunter Dickinson's a good player. He doesn't suck. Those numbers sucked. He sucked that day. I don't care about 25 points. Numbers lie. Numbers lie. If you can find a context to fit them, you can find a context to fit them. I'm I'm just fed up. I'm I'm fed up with Michigan's behavior, Michigan's attitude towards everything. Oh well, Michigan State doesn't want to play these games. No, I've actually seen that comment. Michigan State doesn't want to play these games. At no point do I ever remember Tom Izzo saying, "Oh, we're not going to play anyone anytime, anywhere." Pretty sure he says the opposite. Pretty sure that's why Michigan's lucky enough to get this game rescheduled, you know, in time that fits them as well. Whatever, Tom Izzo's a bigger man than I am. Maybe not as far as the stature goes, but yeah, otherwise, yeah. He's a bigger man than I am. Because screw Juwan Howard, screw Sadie Washington. You want to sit there and you want to act like a bunch of spoiled kids that are still playing, acting like you're still a part of the team, wearing the jersey, acting all like that. You want to sit there, you want to dance in the middle of a court like a kid, fine. But be professionals when it comes to interacting with the other teams. And Juwan Howard hasn't done that. Sadie Washington hasn't done that. Now Michigan State's got to try to accommodate those two clowns? Forget about it. Look, Mark D'Antonio said it best. It starts up top. That's why you saw Hunter Dickinson fouling when he became the man to beat at half court at the end of the game, when the game was over, there's like a minute 30 left, and he's sitting there fouling Keon Coleman. Grow up. There's no reason for that. And John Howard's just cool with it. I would have reciprocated if I were Tom Hizzo. Christy, get back in there. Bingham, get back in there. Hall, get back in there. Brown, get back in there. Hogarth, get back in there. Drop a couple more. Drop a couple more dimes on him. Michigan was classless during the course of that game. I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with their freaking attitudes. Like, they're all high and mighty. You know what? Keon Coleman just handed it to you twice in a calendar year. And, spoiler alert, the second basketball... Or twice in an academic year, and basketball hasn't even played their second game yet. Oh, and by the way, uh, he also took your starting power forward to the basket. Oh, well, he wasn't trying because it was late in the game. No, Michigan was trying. Michigan was trying. They kept following. 
And tell me that it's not dry. Keon Coleman's role, uh, you know, th- this is a kid I'm excited for. I was excited for him about basketball and stuff like that. Um, running point guard looks good. Um, looked under control. Um, I, you know, I want I want to see more of him, but at the same time, I know trying to integrate him in Carr is a little difficult, especially when you're trying to already plug in Pierre Brooks and get Pierre Brooks some more time, which is what Izzo said the uh, yesterday, I think, at his uh, press conference. But, you know, excited to see what the future holds for him. Both Brooks and Coleman, I guess. And so, it's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. If you want more Michigan talk, like they're supposed to be, talk to Jeremy and uh, see, see if we can get something figured out. Uh, we're trying to run it on Thursday. I think Ianni might be with us then, too. Uh, we'll be talking Michigan State, Maryland, and then covering whoever Michigan plays in uh, the Wolverines game. But, yeah, that's that's where I stand on it. Michigan got everything they deserved. They probably deserved a little bit more at the end. Following like that, Sandy Washington's little elbow to Gabe Brown that was caught on camera. Like, dude, you know every game is like has like 1,200 cameras on it. And for the 1,200 cameras, there's also, you know, everybody's cell phones and stuff like that. And that's how this was caught. You want know, to act like a bunch of children? Fine. I'm just going to say it will play against you like you're a bunch of children. That's exactly what they did. Michigan State played like men, and if they can keep playing like that, this is a team that can potentially make the Elite Eight. I'll say potentially a Final Four. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say potentially a Final Four. I think it's an Elite Eight team, though, if Michigan State can get good play out of their point guards. And you know what? They got it on Saturday. They got good play out of everybody on Saturday, really, when you think about it. Like I said, Walker had his moments. Hogard was probably the man of the game. Uh, Hall played well. Hauser played well. Marble played well. Bingham played well. Christie played well. And for what Christie didn't do on offense in the second half, he did it on defense. Uh, Jay Nakins wasn't what he was supposed to be. Brown, you know, got a couple breaks late. But other than that, he he wasn't really there. But when Michigan State can get most of their guys running the way that they did, you know, that 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 should scare some teams. Especially, like I said, uh, it took a while for Brown to even be active in that game. And by then, Michigan State already built up a little bit of a lead. So, look, uh, still a lot to happen for Michigan State. Like I said, I don't like the matchup against Maryland. Uh, they got great defensive perimeter guys, and I think that's going to cause a little bit of a problem, especially when Brown's had issues getting going anyways. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about all that and more on uh, Thursday as uh, we get ready to wrap up another week here at the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward.